You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Raw Talk with Sheena this week. I have such a special guest, and she happens to be in New Orleans, which is so special because I oftentimes have to travel to find my (laughs) my super amazing guests, and Rashia Bell is here today, and we are in the space. I'm back home. I, Rishi, I didn't tell you this, but I just got back from California. Amazing. I'm very... going there the next day. <laughs> You're going. I'm literally south? flying back to New York for one day and then heading there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> for what? what are you I'm going to retreat in Ojai. Oh my god. Um, and a little bit of work there also, but it's uh, possibly moving there this year. So. Yeah, it's... I mean California calls everyone. Yes. Definitely. It really does. Um, but so does New York in a lot yeah, of ways. And it's so nice to be, have the opportunity to be able to be between both. To do both, yeah. So um, for everyone listening, if you're not familiar with Rashia, she's doing amazing things. And um, despite what she does, she's just an amazing and beautiful <laughs> being. And you know that, you know, I know when I meet someone when they are connected to something beyond the physical. Yes. And that is so you. Thank in you so, so many much. ways and um and I think that you know you've seen that importance and you've kind of begun designing your life in a way that's in a, in a alignment with that obviously yes yes I've tried to yes so give us a little um a run through of kind of where you started mm-hmm. and just how this became a part of your life to the point of you saying okay you know what I could I could move to California. I can do a retreat every yeah. other week. Like, yeah, like this is something I can make this joyful expedition my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I definitely would have to say it's been a long process. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's really just been a journey. And I, I feel like for me, my journey started um, when I was very young. I started dancing ballet when I was two. Oh, my God. Um, and basically trained oh my, my entire life to make that my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of at the moment when that was sort of starting to transpire, I got injured. Wow. What kind of um, injury? I stress fractured my lower back. Holy shit. Um, and so, you know, it kind of just totally spun everything on its mm-hmm. axis. And I always knew that I wanted... To be in New York City, hopefully, ideally, to dance, and so I kind of shifted gears a little bit, and I um, went to school for fashion, which was always just an interest and mm-hmm. in love and passion, um, you know, to kind of still have those ties to New York City and 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 be around creativity and. Did you and grow up in New York City? I actually grew up in Philadelphia. Okay. So very close. Okay. Um, yeah, so easy to kind of go back and forth and spend time there and. Uh, and I always knew I wanted to live in New York. That was mm-hmm. like the one constant. Um, and so, you know, it turned out that something else brought me there. Yeah. But I, yeah, I somehow have lived there all these years and 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 constantly kind of reinvented myself, I think, um, and and probably unintentionally. <laughs> um, but I think a city like that really, you know, things just happen and evolve Fast. kind of naturally. And and so I worked in fashion, and one of my first jobs when I got out of college was in jewelry. Mm-hmm. 
And I worked in fine jewelry and product development and was always around stones. How cool is that? Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was such a learning experience um, because even though I went to school for fashion, I went to school for the business side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be around creatives and, 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 you know, to get to go to gem shows and things like that, it, you know, it was a really fun opportunity and really see products from its like raw material form. To completion. Exactly. That is so cool well it's it's no secret we're moving into a conversation about crystals yes yes. so but my immediate question about being in the fine jewelry industry what is the difference in the vibration and the experience of of crystals and gems that are used for for high-end jewelry and like kind of what we use in our house totally to me actually I don't think there's any difference um and I think it's something that's kind of really beautiful and subtle is that everyone walks around and they're wearing jewelry and they have these beautiful stones around their neck and and they're just naturally connecting to that energy in ways that they don't even really realize wow and so um yeah crystals that we use in our home or that we meditate with and things like that they're they're just a different type of mineral composition than than the ones that we see in fine jewelry, and and a lot of them often have crossover between um, both applications, which is kind of nice. That is cool. Yeah. So from there. From there, I um, ended up in the beauty industry <laughs> uh, and luxury industry, and uh, and I think also that it was really for me it was always about sort of the product cycle. Yeah. And seeing it through its different development phases. And then after doing that for a little while, I realized that I wanted to be creative. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided to go back to school for interior design and get another degree in that. Wow. Yeah. And That's a commitment to go back to school it after was. you've been working. No, absolutely. And, and sort of doing it simultaneously initially. And then kind of when I got to the end, I was like, okay, I need to just finish. Right. And so I finished sort of full time the last semester. Um, and funny enough, it was sort of out of... I guess a kind of another life's twist. I, I finished school and the economy nosedived and yeah. uh, no interior design firm was hiring. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself consulting mm-hmm. on the business side. I'd always worked with brands and young brands when, when I worked for the different companies and, and they always were asking us questions and giving them feedback on how to merchandise and product and things like that. And so I started consulting and actually my first real client happened to be a fine jewelry designer. And so it was like already things were kind of coming back full circle. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was one that worked with really kind of untraditional materials uh-huh. and, and things like that. And, and so that brought me back around stones again. Um, and <laughs> They're like, you can never leave us. Yeah, exactly. You know, and in, in, in almost You're like... You're our spokesperson. Totally. She had never leave us. <laughs> it's just dripping in, dripping in jewels. Um, but it's kind of funny. I, I actually kind of just realized that almost tie in more recently. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, you, it kind of has always come back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during that time, I was also starting to do interior design projects as they came up. And, and that just kind of sort of opened up my mind to the idea. I think, you know, as you start to become a designer, you interact with spaces and you mm-hmm. start to really feel the energy within them and you sort of hone your eye and you hone your intuition on why a space feels good and why it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that has nothing to do with actually the aesthetic design uh, and it could be, have to do with the space flow and where the furniture placement mm-hmm. is. And so it, it almost kind of came together sort of simultaneously, my interests in 
and looking at energy within spaces and then also sort of having this relationship with stones that was sort of resurfacing and I found myself starting to collect crystals again and and then went through a process of of really having to do a lot of self-work <laughs> um and that always gets thrown oh yeah especially too. when like your career gets thrown yeah. a wrench and and you're like <laughs> everything is going wrong or you perceive it as wrong um and so I started working with a life coach and and I had stopped exercising for many many years and and I sort of threw myself back into that and just sort of you know looking at different ways to to even um tap more into my own energy yeah um and also grow from it and so sort of through that process which was definitely over a couple years I um really really my interest in crystals increased and so I decided I wanted to do training in crystal healing to see if I could find a way to to merge it into my interior design and the thing is is like it didn't really exist and there isn't like a program or anything like that um and so I was like okay if I can at least learn um learn enough about stones and how they work then maybe I can see the correlation there and sort of find the application Um, okay so well first of all what is it like to be what do you what do you learn when you're learning how to be a crystal healer so some of it is sort of stones 101 Mm -hmm. and obviously there are a lot of stones but sort of learning sort of within groups of them what the inherent properties are Mm -hmm. um, and how the properties respond to different energies so that you know when you're working with individuals sort Mm -hmm. of which stones to use um, and then also how the application of sort of the practice of it and how to use them in a healing practice and, and whether it's how to protect your own energy while you're doing sort of one-on-one mm-hmm. body work. Um, and also, um, you know, really just how to create a safe space for the client, how to guide them through visualizations that will enhance the stones and their vibration uh, and how it resonates within the body. Yeah. Um, so, so I did, I did, um, the med- I did a group experience mm-hmm. of the crystal healing with yeah. you a couple of days ago at Romney and the most amazing thing about it, I think was knowing that you had support because you can't remember what you say. Yes. You're so, you're, you're so into what you're saying that you can't hear it. Yes. And the experience of having the crystals lined up on your body, knowing that they're there as a tool and as a support for you to go into this experience of yourself. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And really, I mean, bottom line, relaxing and clearing. Extremely. Which Extremely. we all need to do so, so, so much more than we devote time to doing. And, exactly. Um, and I think that having crystals in your space and in your purse and on you, it just kind of serves as an inherent vibrational reminder. Exactly. And I like to say, important. like, you know, especially kind of being a designer, even the sort of visual cues yes. that um, it creates within the mind and within the brain when you're seeing them and, and then later feeling them, like yes. that alone is already shifting your energy vibration. Okay, so how do you perceive even if it's not doesn't make sense how Mm -hmm. do you perceive the crystals as interacting with our vibration yeah so essentially like the way crystals are formed of nature and it's all these elements that have sort of come together in these different areas of the world to create these different stones um 
And because of that, that sort of uh, perfect storm, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. that, that results in these stones, the stones themselves actually carry the vibration of whatever transpired in their growth. And so that is where their energy comes from. Mm-hmm. And then naturally your body has its own. Right. And so for each individual, it's different. And that's why different people respond to different stones. But it's essentially they are of the earth and it is allowing you to tap into your own earth energy. Wonderful. And so that's sort of that intermingling that yes. occurs. Yes. Um, I find sometimes when I'm working with crystals and quartz, when, when I do, when I perform energy work, mm-hmm. I can pick up a quartz and that energy is amplified. Yes. Like a laser. Yes. It's so strong. And and sometimes I can put a quartz on my forehead and I can feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's almost like you don't have to have a complete understanding as to what's happening. Exactly. Just that, that resonance and that relationship that you begin acquiring with something that is so natural. Yes. Is I think is I think where you start uh, utilizing it exactly. But if if someone's new to um, to crystals mm-hmm. or to using crystals in their space, what what do you usually tell like a first time client that comes to you and is like, just make me like you and just make <laughs> all my home just like yours? Yes. <laughs> well, it, you know it's an interesting experience because when I was doing my training and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take this crystal healing training and I'm going to apply it to interiors and I'm not going to worry about working on people. Yeah. And then I realized very quickly that in order to work on someone's space, you, you re and you know, and even in the traditional design sense, you need such a grasp of the individual and Mm -hmm. what their desires are and what their wants and their taste and the things that they like. So in the same regard, you need to also have an understanding of what crystals they're actually drawn to. Mm -hmm. And so part of the process of what we do is we actually introduce them to different stones to just see and explore and Mm -hmm. hold and feel Mm -hmm. and and see which stones actually start to resonate with them. Um, And then from sort of that process, then we can sort of tap in and it's really, you know, it's funny, I feel like all interior design is a little bit of therapy, but um, <laughs> this in particular, it's really also about like what is going on in your life mm-hmm. and what are you trying to create mm-hmm. and what are you trying to shift and, and whether that's, you know, I want a new career or, you know, those are the things that we can actually think about and address when we're thinking about the space someone's going to inhabit. Oh my God, it's so cool. And what I love the most about it is that it's basically just saying that you are a conscious designer. Yeah. And a conscious totally. creator. No, and I mean, the idea, the whole idea behind the crystalline is that, yes, it's interior design, and 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 that's great, and, and, that, and that's one point of view, but it's really about how do you create an energetic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we try to sort of hit on as many of those areas as we can. And so in the same regards as with your business, what you do and, and mm-hmm. how food is such an integral part of that. Yes. You know, or fitness is an yes. integral part. We hold your space in the same regard. Okay. And so it's about how do you create that foundation of wellness? And, and for me, your home is, is literally and figuratively your foundation yes and so if your home can support you mm-hmm. then it'll help support you in all those other areas whether it's the food that you're choosing to actually put in your mouth or you know the clothes that you want to wear that feel good and feel yes. great and I have so many thoughts running through my head because 
the, my space means so much to me. Yeah. And um, in a sense that it actually does, like you're saying, um, it supports the energy where mm-hmm. you are. And so sometimes you may not be able to see out of that energetic experience that maybe that's not the vibration where you want to be resonating. Exactly. So having someone like you come in and and ask the question, you know, what do you want? Yes. What do you want your life to look like? And then comparing that to the quality of your space, Mm -hmm. that is incredible. (laughs) And it is so valuable. It is. And it's so moving. And I think that people often forget that... Um, forget how much energy spaces hold and they also forget that objects hold energy. Yeah. And so, you know, I live in New York City and it's the, you know, this crazy world and you live in these apartments and there's all these other apartments (laughs) around you and like the 10 people that lived there before you and then you've got your grandfather's chest and like, (laughs) you know, there's all this other energy within one room that has nothing to do with you. Right. Um, And so thinking about those and being aware of those and and being aware of what energy may be between the walls or what's going on under you if like you know it's a computer shop and there's all this technology going on that's going to affect your living space above it um and and in the city i live in those things are uncontrollable factors right Mm -hmm. we can't do anything about that but there are some things that you are able to control and so you can start to control that through space through flow through choosing pieces that you love through um you know and all those things are seem really simple in theory but but actually executing them oh my gosh i mean i mean i'm sure people listening are like for the first time thinking wait why do i still have that piece from my grandfather or my parents how many conversations do you have like that where oh all the time i'd say that's the one thing that people are like oh you know it's such a big aha moment Mm -hmm. because it's not that you don't want that piece from your relative right the thing is is the energy of that relative may not be resonating with yours Mm -hmm. and i think when you think about it in that way and sometimes it's just a matter of moving it to a different space for example if that's in your office and you're finding that you can't work and you know you have something in there that, that has history, mm-hmm. try moving that piece out. Yeah. And then maybe your creativity will spark again. And, and most oftentimes those are the things where people are like, oh my gosh, the second I got rid of that, like everything. And it was just that simple. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. And I'm so glad that you are bringing this up because, you know, we do create attachments to material things Mm -hmm. in a way that would prevent us from moving something that we know, you know, if we spent time personally with an object, we could evaluate the energy that it was emitting and the way that we responded to it, the way that it made us feel. But we're not doing that with every single material thing in our spaces totally i mean and i think that's essentially you know the whole marie kondo sort of principle Mm -hmm. in in really only having things that you love yeah and that you value and um, i definitely feel the older i get the less things i feel like i need around me and 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 the more fewer things are special yeah definitely so i just moved and i feel i feel the same way i feel that I released so much in that move mm-hmm. and that my new space is so airy and bright and, and light and, and things like that. Um, 
But last night I was shopping until 2 a.m. Like, okay, I now need, I need new things. I yes. need new frequencies and I need to, to create, you know, it's, it's becoming kind of like a little bit of a canvas where I can kind of just be expressive and fun and connect and things like that. But like, I can feel that it's an emotional struggle for yes. me to do that. And so how do you, how do you see like the crystal purchasing mm-hmm. and like the new object pur- yeah. purchasings as being sort of, um, like cathartic, yeah. but also healing and releasing. No, I, so sort of, we kind of break our process down, um, into sort of three components okay. and we like to call it the clear, the replenish and the harmonize. And so the clearing, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's so exclusive much. to the crystalline. Yes. That, yeah, that's pretty much our approach and how it. we look at spaces. So okay. You know, not necessarily from the clear, obviously, there definitely are some things that need to be removed. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about getting rid of everything, but, you know, to that point of really like evaluating each piece. Yeah. Um, and, and deciding what needs to be removed. And then the replenish phase is then sort of looking at, okay, what's missing? What do we need to bring back in? Mm-hmm. Uh, and from both an aesthetic furniture perspective, um, but also, okay, what crystals would resonate well with this this space and and that phase is what really kind of leads us to the harmonize is okay how are we going to leave you with a balanced space and so crystals are one way that we're really able to do that in different ways and in different rooms to you know whether it's create a clearing space or a space that promotes relaxation Mm -hmm. and and incorporating those having grounding or um if if you're an artist and you need to be creative, then we want to make sure that there, there are crystals like citrine and things like that that are, that are in your workspace to inspire you and to ignite your creativity. Um, so it's really such a unique thing for the individual. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it's really through a combination of, of how, do we, how do we bring in all these components that are aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. but also energetically balancing and pleasing as well. Are there some crystals that work best for certain rooms that you find Um, consistently they're working well definitely i really really like to um in entryways i like to use um selenite and i also like to use black tourmaline and it's so because it's sort of like the opposites in a two-fold process so Mm -hmm. that when you really walk through your front door there's the selenite for clearing yes and so that you're clearing off your energy from whatever happened in your day um, and, and I really, you know, when I come home, I like to really hold those stones to just sort of immediately shift that mm-hmm. consciously. Um, and then layering in the tourmaline to block out everything else that's outside your doors. Okay. Um, and almost creating a little bit of a barrier of protection. Um, and then sort of as we move about different spaces through the room, you know, based on need, whether it's an office or a bedroom and, mm-hmm. and depending on what, you know, if you're having sleeping problems, then, you know, stones like celestite and amethyst are really soothing and calming and rose quartz and things like that are really, really lovely to have in the bedroom. Um, and, but, you know, but it's, it's, it's a deliberate, um, it's a deliberate designed sort of mm-hmm. approach in that not, we don't want your home to look like a rock shop. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure thinking. people feel like mine is, you know. <laughs> You know, one of the things that we do, which is really lovely when we have the opportunity to do full renovations, is we do put crystals under the floors. What? Yes. 
what do you even mean? <laughs> what do you mean? When I have the opportunity, whether it's to rip up wood floors or if I'm laying down tile floors, I will literally put, you know, um, crystal grids. For example, I did a uh, friend of mine's apartment. This was actually one of the first ones I did. And I was like, okay, I have this idea. I want to play with crystals. Like, oh. kind of in the, in the way that you oh, make, God. like, a child's footprint in the concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were ripping up the bathrooms, and the people that lived there before were divorced. And so I was like, okay, here's an opportunity to energetically, from the ground up, change the energy within the space. So... Um, in both of those rooms, I and two of the bathrooms, I laid uh, just a really relaxing, soothing, meditative grid of crystals and sort of, sort of harmonize and and. To you're also... gonna have to, you're gonna have to describe this. <laughs> you so the floor is kind of open. hard to envision. So it's this is a bathroom. <laughs> so like you have to lay. We're gonna get kind of technical, but you like have to lay your like thin set before you okay. put your tile in. Okay. So I used really really small crystals that I could actually set in the thin set in a way that when you lay the tile it wouldn't affect okay the leveling okay so that the floor is still level so you put together like a marriage of a melody yes. of different crystals exactly for this couple yep into their oh, wow yeah <laughs> that's so cool so it's infusing the energy yes. from underneath and then you can I've also done it under wood floors and and um, I did a fitness studio in New York um, for uh, the class by Taryn Toomey, and so we ripped up all the... It, it was a gut renovation, and so because it's a, an experience that promotes, you know, a transformational class, and it's about um, working through the energetic body this in different ways. This is the class ways. by yes. Taryn Toomey? Yes. Okay. Um, and so it's a very cathartic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's something that I had done for a while. And so I had a clear grasp on what people attending the class would need. Okay. Um, and so I created grids around the perimeter of the space to sort of create protection and, um, and then underneath, and there are sort of channels within the entire practice space of, of amethyst and rose quartz and, and really sort of energetically soothing and calming and like supportive stones so that you're literally... You know, as you're standing and you're working or you're lying down in the space, you feel supported by the energy. What? <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's not for everyone. Um, but uh, yes, yes. They, I've So far, um, I've had a couple husbands that are like, uh, okay. Right. Uh, not so sure, but like they kind of just like humor it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 been kind of fun to surprise them. But so there, you know, even if you're someone that is like, okay, I don't want a crystal on every surface. Mm-hmm. I can we put them in plants. We put them, there are lots of ways that you can sort of really incorporate them subtly so that mm-hmm. um, people, you know, aren't thinking that you're like a rock collecting right. lady. You guys um, are probably gonna have to create like light fixtures with crystals yeah so that's kind of the next step of what we there also are some amazing designers out there right Mm now um doing some really really beautiful high-end um things with lighting especially Mm -hmm. um because that's a really fun way to be able to use crystals but my um design partner elizabeth was just in paris and found amazing tables and and things like that and so i think the next phase I definitely have a couple things in mind that I kind of want to reinvent already mm-hmm. um, that are are not so pretty yeah. <laughs> um, within the crystal world, but are really useful. And um, so, yeah, the hope is to, to 
Oh wait, I'm so excited about product. that. <laughs> oh my god, oh, I cannot wait. I've, I've now I've now I've put it out there, so yeah, it's, it's, you have it's to time to manifest it. Well, <laughs> the fact that it's in your consciousness and yeah. it seems exciting and fun for you. Totally. If you did it for a couple of pieces, that exactly. would be amazing. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay, so we kind of went through some crystals in the home. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to put it in the floor, yeah. um, but I like. I like the suggestions that you gave for amethysts and rose quartz in the bedroom. And of course, I mean, people can definitely find places to hide, but they're so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I personally think they are. And so I, you know, they're also, um, we're going to be launching an e-commerce site soon. And and one of the things we wanted to show people is that there also are really wonderful, um, decorative functional materials like amazing bowls and plates and things that are actually made of you know of onyx and and other beautiful stones so you can actually use them and have them on your dining table and and it's promoting an energetic experience but people don't even realize because they're not even necessarily recognizing those as crystals in the same way and so at least in our interiors we really like to play around with the different ways that we can incorporate them and and so some are literal and 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 some are or can actually be really functional which is nice that is cool Um, do you think that what's coming to mind is like an asian culture using jade for for particular things Mm -hmm. and onyx and things like that they may potentially had this information and this knowledge about what these things absolutely yeah i mean they're pretty much every civilization had an understanding you know whether it's the egyptians Mm and and you know and we've seen in tombs and things that we found the number of stones that were that were buried with them and you know whether it was wearing things on their shields or on their armor when they were going into battle or as talismans for protection lapis is one that was really often used for that Mm -hmm. and pyrite and things like that and so the history goes back further than we can even imagine of of people you know stones were crushed into powder to wear as makeup Um, oh my god yeah (laughs) Uh, and so there you know it's really interesting how I think um, that kind of got lost. Yeah, because we think it's new. Exactly. I think I think it's new in its intention mm-hmm. in some ways, um, and and I think that's what's in the past in few years in particular has sort of made sort of a resurgence. But um, yeah. and in a way that's like you know I think if you looked back a few years ago, crystals definitely had kind of a very hippy dippy connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the crystalline is really about the beauty behind them and, and showing it and, and showing people ways that they can incorporate it that, that is really, really aesthetically pleasing. I love it so much. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, and I think that what to what you're saying, you know, we are becoming more sensitive <clears throat> to energetic properties. We're becoming more sensitive to the way that we were intended to feel Mm -hmm. because we're getting reminders of that yes from whichever way you know it's it reaches us in our lives whether it's through meditation or through an amazing energy healer or through an amazing interior designer we're we're gaining a sort of momentum of this subtle energetic experience that is creating a compounding effect in our life and in our universe absolutely entirely shifting everything yes 
And so the, your experience with crystals and what you're doing with crystals is so special. Thank and in, you. in so many ways, I see it as a messenger for changing the place that we, changing our universe and um, in a way that is so beautiful and creative and also so connected to this planet that we're yes. existing on. Totally. And, and I think people often forget. And for me, you know, people, I love being in nature. I live in a city where I, I don't have the luxury of that all the time. And mm -hmm. I'm someone that am, I kill plants, <laughs> um, no matter how much I try. And so for me, crystals are really a way for me to bring nature into my home. Yes. Um, and nature and history and, and, and all of those things. And so I think um, just even that sort of shift in mindset um, is what really kind of opens it up to, to, to interpretation, mm -hmm. I think, to people having the ability and, and the interest in, in just experiencing them. And I know so oftentimes people get really intimidated when it comes to crystals. And, <laughs> and I don't know if it's part of, uh, you know, from being unsure about how they work and, and also being so worried about, like, making sure they have <laughs> the right stone yeah. and making a mistake. And, and I, I really believe that you can't make a mistake because you you're drawn to the things that you're meant to be drawn to in the same way that you're drawn to the artwork that you're drawn to. Yes. And, and for me, these are a natural form of art. Yes. Um, and so I try to treat them in the same way. Yes. What are some things for people listening? Mm -hmm. How would you suggest that they begin interacting? Would you begin, would you send someone online or would you send them in person? I really think in person is important. Um, and, you know, I think as you start to hone your interests, online can be a resource for you as mm -hmm. well. Um, I, I, you know, I, I bought pieces off Instagram and things yeah. like that, you know, because I've, I'm so visually drawn to them. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, I, I can tap into that enough. But initially, I think it's really important to, to go somewhere you trust um, and where the people are really knowledgeable and where you can ask tons of questions. Yes. And I think also where, and where you can feel and experience so many different stones at one time. And I think in that context, you'll start to feel the difference just when you're picking up and choosing different stones. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you, even if it's the same stone and you see a bowl full, you're going to be drawn to one particular one within mm -hmm. there. And so um, I think it's really important to, to experience them in that way firsthand. Mm -hmm. So once, so, and that's another subtle sort of interaction that exactly. they're going to give you. You know, that first intuitive hit of yes. going to that color. Go with the one, the color, the, you know, with the big bowl and there's whole bunches and you're like, oh my gosh, I should get the biggest one because, <laughs> you know, so I get the best for my money, you know literally go for the one that feels right in your hand okay um i think is always the way to go cool so you pick this stone you bring it home um some for some of your stones are they display only and you don't really interact with them or from are most of them being used i think it depends on the form um and just how fragile it okay. is uh you know definitely tumbled stones are 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 used mostly to be handled okay um and that's not that you can't handle rough rough stones it kind of just depends on the on the application okay. um and 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 tumbled stones are or stones that are smooth or polished um you know tend to be the ones that you like to carry around with you and you know put in your pocket or right. in your bra or right um <laughs> no <one laughs> it makes like it a, a little bit easier yeah it makes like it a little bit bra. easier yeah 
um, <laughs> if if they're if they have a smooth surface, um, and they're and they you know they're nice to feel in the hand, and 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 I think sometimes it's a little bit easier to feel the temperature mm-hmm. differences between different stones when they are tumbled. Um, okay. But I personally, I love rough stones, and I use them in kind of every application as well. So it's really a personal preference. Okay. And and yes handle them use them display them if you like um it, it i think it, it depends on what it is so meditation yes um, for just, meditation yeah. most most often like i said tumbled stones are used so whether it's just sitting it sitting finding your meditative seat holding it in your non-dominant hand mm-hmm. um is that you can hold them in both hands as well but if you're going to put it in one you want to put it in your non-dominant hand because okay. when it's in your dominant hand you that brain correlation is going to naturally just kind of almost like disturb your meditation in a bit so it's a little bit easier for you to ground yourself when it's in your non-dominant hand okay uh you can sit them around you when you're in meditation if you're someone that doesn't like to Mm -hmm. to hold stones that's a nice way to be able to and create sort of a nice sort of protective space around you do you take baths with any of your crystals Definitely, I love to, um, and I love to take baths with one that I'm handling a lot because it's a great way to clear them and, and cleanse them off, and, and you throw in a lot of Himalayan salt. And um, cool, I've never done this. I must have just gotten something from you in wanting to speak about this. Yeah, I haven't even thought about. No, they're amazing, especially you know stones that are really good for relaxation, stones that are good for clearing. You do want to make sure, for example, a stone like selenite is uh-huh. salt based uh-huh. itself gypsum based so it will start to dissolve okay so that could be your desire i like to put some small pieces of selenite in the bath as well but if you're not intending to do that Mm -hmm. um but most sort of common stones like citrine and amethyst and rose quartz and ventrine and and those are all from the quartz family and so they're they're fine in water and and that's another reason why you want to go somewhere knowledgeable so that you can ask them these things like is it okay to put this water is sunlight going to change the color of this stone Mm -hmm. those sort of things yeah so Wow, we have so much information about crystals. Yeah. You guys, and they're great to... in the bath too. Just, it's a nice ritual. Oh my god, it really is. And I'm how like pretty is that? It. Why have I never done this? This is crazy. So, <laughs> it's so like, it just naturally that feels like you should be doing that. Like exactly, you're, you're in a natural stream, just surrounded by mm-hmm. stones and rocks and things like that. Um, what about you know with and I know actually your display includes a lot of Himalayan salt, mm-hmm. which is yes. a crystalline structure. It's exactly. a crystal. So, um, so you're using that. I remember the instruction mm-hmm. said it was great for a bath, mm-hmm. but also there are some other applications as well. Yeah. So you can either, I, we offer, um, these sort of lovely rounds of solid Himalayan salt, mm-hmm. um, which I like cause they're a little bit easier than bath salts and, and less messy. And so you can either just sort of throw them in the bath um and let them start to dissolve a little bit or you can actually i like to once they've started to dissolve a little i sort of rub them between my hands so that some of the grains come off and then we'll either mix them with a little essential oil or a little shower gel and then you can sort of use them to to naturally um exfoliate um, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and and then in the same regards, that same Himalayan salt can also be used to to clean and clear your crystals as well. Yeah, so it's kind of multi-purpose. Oh my god, my my whole life. Cook just... with it too. I mean, it's it's pure. It's the same quality of what you would eat. Right, which I'm sure a lot of people. I mean, 
salt is a, a crystalline structure exactly and now i think it's really popular now you'll see those like salt blocks yes. that you can like grill on mm-hmm. and fuse you know food with and, yes and amazing they're really one and the same um and the same um the last thing that i want to talk about is water and the mm-hmm. fact that that's that the structure of water can be shifted to be a crystalline healing yes. structure as well. Yes. And you can do that through the intention of your crystals, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is why it's really lovely to, um, there are lots of ways you can clean your crystals. They don't have to involve water, but, um, if you do have an opportunity to do that and you can just sit them in a jar overnight and, and incorporate a little salt and, and that's, you know, you're almost, you're allowing the stone itself to sort of resonate itself back to nature when it's in water, when it's in sunlight, mm-hmm. when you're drawing the light of the moon. Yes. Um, and so that's kind of a really beautiful sort of harmonizing process for the stones themselves to allow the, their energy to clear for you to then work Be with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People always take that part so seriously. Yeah. And it's not it's not a big deal. No. But it it's a connected experience that you're you're taking care of something exactly. that you love. If I go to the ocean, I, I have like a little mesh bag, the crystals that I always keep with me and I always so they don't float away and I can mm-hmm. hold on to it and I can clean them in the I ocean. Love and that. it's you know, for me it's um it, it just creates a lovely ritual and and um, and something special that you can do for yourself. So amazing. Well, people are going to have so many questions yes, for you. Yes, yes. So um, you're going to a retreat. Are you attending this retreat? I am attending a retreat. Um, and then, but I'm actually leading a retreat as well. Yes. <laughs> Coming up uh, yes. at the end of May. Okay. Um, myself and Alejandro Lazaro, who you also had the pleasure of doing the workshop with, we are co-hosting a wellness escape in Colombia. Oh my God. And it's May 28th through June 3rd in Santa Marta. Wow. And it's on the beach. And it's just a really, really beautiful, magical coastal part of the country that um, is so lush and in its forests and jungle and then you've got these like crystalline beaches and um the energy there is amazing and so we're going to be doing um some yoga some kundalini Mm -hmm. some meditation some crystal healing wow uh, a little bit of movement um and hiking and and it's just a really beautiful way to to reset and reintegrate yourself and your own energy with nature and you know, and I live in New York City, and so my stores get, like, depleted, you yes. know? And, and so I I travel as much as possible to be able to refuel and, and mm-hmm. to fill that up. And this is a place that I've visited a few times, and for me, has just been really, really restorative and, and changed my life. So, so yeah. if someone wants to find or connect with you, yes. they can go on your retreats. Yes, 